0: Hello, I'm Jack Baddams. And I'm Roddy Shaw. And if you're looking for a nature podcast that puts you in the jungle,
1: then we are the natural selection. This is How Many Geese. On a mission to Mexico.
2: Since I was a little kid, my dream was really to work with crocodiles in the Amazon. So so we're in Mexico. <laughs> yeah, we are. I'll get there. <laughs>
3: And, and you know even when I was like oh you know did you see anything I'm like absolutely not <laughs> <laughs> um.
1: I've just seen a bee bigger than my hand practically <laughs> yeah. so yeah the bees you know. here are built different <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly
0: they said it was a carpenter bee I was like was it, was it making tables <laughs> <laughs> like, it was
4: cute.
3: So if we could just uh, write up on the data sheet. Mm-hmm. Just make sure you're writing all the start information at the top. So okay. today's date.
0: Do you want pencil or pen?
3: Uh, pencil's fine. Okay. Um, so just put today's date there. What is the date today? 7th?
0: 8th? 7th or 8th? 7th of the 7th, and I think. We, 7th of the 7th. OK, we're going 7. Yeah. 7.
3: And if you just put uh, the sort of the weather conditions so it's clear night. No wind, no rain. Clear night.
0: No wind. No
3: rain. Okay,
4: the
0: time. Have we got the time? No. That's, or is that uh, for that's, when that's we...
3: yeah. Just for the scientists, just put SM, so Stuart Milner, and then KM20 is the nearest camp. Okay. Cool.
1: Just crack on into the jungle.
3: Into the jungle we go. so as we're walking oh holly has already smashed it (laughs) banded gecko oh yeah right it's okay
1: stuart charging into the forest oh
0: nice gecko acquired i mean we are no more than what five paces
1: no so far this (laughs) is the easiest survey (laughs)
3: Dude. Okay, so these guys do actually have quite a bite to them, even though they're so small. Um, so yeah, here we've what we've got is a Yucatan banded gecko. Um, so you can see it's probably a male. hmm So you can make might be able to hear him uh, making a little bit of noise. Yep, he's coming through loud and clear. <laughs> so you can see the sort of bulge here at the base of the tail. Yeah. So that is indicative of males, it's where they store their hemipenes. Right. So so male lizards, they have two penises. Um, so it's where they store them. Yeah. Um, Why do they need two? Uh,
0: what What can two do that one long one can't?
3: <laughs> just, just double power. Um, <laughs>
0: just one on either side.
3: Yeah, so if I come back onto the trail just quickly. Yeah. Um, if one of you wants to reach into my bag, um, there should be a bag with the capture kit inside um, we can do some measurements. Is
0: the capture kit not just your hands?
3: Uh, so it's 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 really just like a plastic bag and some uh, calipers. Oh, I see the actual uh, measuring. Yeah, cup. got you, got you. Fantastic. Uh, th- this
0: this gecko yep, looks that's... very um, leopard gecko esque. Are we in the same sort of ballpark?
3: Yeah, we are. Um, so, I Cole- oh, can't remember the genus. If you could open that for me, fantastic. But we're in the same um, genus, Yeah, it so does, yeah it I th- very similar. Very, very similar. Um, obviously, these geckos don't have such a thick tail like mm-hmm. a leopard gecko would.
0: Um, and that's for storing fat in a leopard gecko, isn't it? Yeah, so but around
3: there's... here, the species that we have that does that is called the turnip tail. And it's literally because it looks like a turnip. <laughs> yeah. um, so the measurements we are taking. So first of all, if you want to write down the species, yeah. so it's a Yucatan-banded gecko. Just here? Just there, it's fine. And it's an adult. I can tell that just by the size. So you just put A. hmm A? And
0: then, Sex, you've said yeah, male. Yeah,
3: male. Um, right, so then the measurements we take, so we take SVL. Do you know what SVL stands for?
0: Snout vent length.
3: Yes, and do you know what a vent is? No. So the vent is another word for the cloaca, Ah. and the cloaca is a combination of their sort of anus and reproductive organs.
0: One hole that everything comes out of. Yes, One so hole for all Holly, all. if
3: I could ask you to just, no, use the tape measure. And just measure him so i'd say 83 so 8.3 so 83 millimeters 83 millimeters and if could should... do tail length as well
1: cumulatively this survey has about one hand free <laughs> across four of us so yeah. 76
3: 76 on millimeters the, on for the one? tail yeah so that's length of tail mm-hmm. I Um, should
0: say this gecko is in the most comedy death pose I've ever seen.
4: (laughs) So (laughs) Shakespearean
3: almost. So the way I'm holding him, the technique, I don't know its official name, Mm. but uh, around here we call it the Mexican taco because you hold it like you would a Mexican (laughs) taco. (laughs) That's great. Um, So also where I'm holding him is important, Mm -hmm. so I'm holding him sort of at the shoulders and hips. Yeah. So that's not to disturb any of his soft tissues.
0: Yeah. He's quite chilled out this one.
3: Yeah, they normally calm down once you've uh, held them for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I let go, he's going to try and run, I suspect. So I'm being very, very delicate because geckos, like a lot of lizards, can actually, when they're stressed, they can drop their tails. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's normally to avoid predation. So if a bird comes and attacks them, they will drop their tail and the tail will start to spasm. Um, If I can do this... And then once it starts to spasm, obviously, the bird gets distracted by the movement. Yeah. Let's go the gecko. Goes for the tail. And then the gecko lives another day. day. Mm. So, would you like to hold him? I'd love to. I'd love to hold it, yeah. Okay. So.
0: Is it going to bite me?
3: He could bite you. (laughs) Um, (laughs) These guys, for their size, you know, he's probably, what, three, four inches long? Yeah. These guys have... amazingly okay. strong bite. i am a bit nervous. Can I hold that?
1: So... I just need everyone to know this is the smallest lizard <laughs> and Jack is trembling. But hold on. I'm, I'm so the, if I'm you... From
3: underneath, yeah, the tacker. So you grab his hips. Yeah. There. So just, no, there's no need for strength. You want to hold him about that, that sort of strength. Just like that? Yeah. Okay. And then if you go and hold his neck and shoulders there. Yeah. Okay. Just make sure he Got stays it. straight. There you go. Hey! It's so small.
0: And is this... Uh, a terrestrial, it spends time on the ground. Yeah. So,
3: so you can see here the the hands, the fingers are very, they're not what you would imagine typical gecko fingers. Yeah. You know where they're sort of fat and flat. So these guys are uh, then. I mean, they can climb, um but but they will typically spend most of their time on the ground. It's incredibly light. Right. Yeah. Okay. Are we ready to let yeah, him go? Yeah, you can let him go. So if you just put him down, if you, what you want to do first, let go of his hips, put him on the floor, and then let go.
0: Okay.
1: Head last
3: reason is you want to hold, maintain control. There you go, and then he'll head off.
1: He's in absolutely no rush.
3: Nope, he's not going anywhere. They're really striking looking things, aren't they?
1: They're gorgeous.
0: Yeah, they're really pretty.
3: Especially around here, we get a massive variation in terms of patterning as well. Yeah. So some are bright, bright orange. Oh, some wow. are like that, much more mottled and, and sort of like muted colors. tiger-striped
0: all the way up. Yeah, really cool. I mean, that's,
1: yeah, what a start. All right, <laughs> one down. <laughs>
0: I should say, walking through here at night, have suddenly become very aware that you've had pumas on your camera trap. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, we should be all right. I mean, there's four of us, and
0: and one of us is carrying a snake hook.
3: Yeah. <laughs> also, pumas and, and jaguars—they're typically ambush predators. That's, so
0: we're surrounded by, by trees night.
3: <laughs> and the night. Well, we fortunately we have head torches. That's them, true. Which yeah, but you know, not at the back. <laughs> no, but but
1: uh, we don't have reverse lights. <laughs>
3: If you see two glowing yellow beads in the middle of the jungle, just keep looking at it, because if they know that you know they're there, they typically won't attack. Um, So yeah, I mean, also, to freak you out a bit more, there's, I would say, a near certainty that you've been watched by at least one cat since you've been here. Yeah. Um, They're very, very curious, but they can move so stealthily that you wouldn't even notice they were there.
0: Thanks, Stuart.
4: (laughs) (laughs)
1: hello Stuart hi how are you very well and we've been chatting to people around the camp and one thing you've said has struck me quite a lot Stuart, you're a blacksmith. (laughs) What the hell are
3: you doing in a Mexican jungle? (laughs) Um, Well, I mean, for me, herpetology has always been my passion. But I also, I like to learn a lot of things. And I don't like the idea of being totally reliant on other people. So I like to learn all these crazy different skills so i try every year to do something that i would never think of doing so blacksmithing is this year's project yeah um so you know i've made some nails and fire pokers and a knife and i plan can make an axe and then maybe a sword and then move on um (laughs) yeah i mean it's 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 something that you know i've i've really enjoyed doing but i don't think i'm ever going to be like a professional blacksmith or anything right but, uh no, yeah, I mean, it's nice uh here, just to sort of zone out and and not have to worry about anything like that.
0: your main role while you're here is herpetologist, isn't it? Yes, yeah so you're out looking for reptiles and amphibians, yep, yeah. seen
3: any good ones so far? um most exciting one I've seen was probably uh coral snake, Ooh. um, everybody likes to see them, they're very, yeah. very striking in colour, um and obviously you know they're venomous, so everybody gets a bit <laughs> excited. Um, Do you get excited
0: as the herpetologist? I right? get
3: excited every time I see a herp. Okay. You know, even the most common frog, I go, oh my God. <laughs> um, you know, I say to people a lot, even if we have a really boring survey where we don't see a lot yeah. of, of herps, um, you know, any herp is better than a bat. Oh, so, I like yeah. Here we <laughs> go. Bit, Hang I, on.
0: So I have a phrase on the podcast, which I've said a couple of times because I'm birder, big into my birds. And I say, even the worst bird is better than the best mammal. Mm. So I love that you've brought that to the table <laughs> because that's, yeah, I mean, obviously I completely disagree. Uh, but although saying that, I think if I didn't do birds, I would do reptiles. Because, mm. I mean, they're very similar, birds and reptiles, yeah. but reptiles are sick.
3: They are. Um, One of the things in my bucket list of like life, I want to see every crocodile species in the world. Yeah. Um, And I'm really annoyed I've been unable to see one of the more crocodiles here so far. Um, so hopefully uh, one of the lead herpetologists here is going to take me out and show me where the best places are
0: yeah so what you (coughs) you say every every time you go out you know seeing one herb is better than seeing any bat Mm. or something like that any particular favorites that you've got from or any that you really you mentioned the crocodile there but any that you're really on your list on the hit list
3: uh i really want to see neotropical rattlesnake But they are so hard to find. Yeah. Uh, But my favorite that I see all the time is the Gulf Coast Toad or golf coast toad but I, I keep saying gold toast frode <laughs> um and i've written it down a couple of times and i feel really but, uh, it has uh
0: how long has it been without toast is that, is that why you keep <laughs> saying it how long have you been here
3: uh nearly a month <laughs> um, a month without toast yeah. that'll do that'll do that to a man <laughs> <laughs> but i just i just find them super cute um and they're, they're really chill uh and they're really friendly so
1: yeah. are they because i saw a number of them last night on a not to start any fights but on a bat walk <laughs> um i saw a lot of toads are they related at to cane toads they look quite so small. they're in the, the same, same toad family buffo. so yeah. yeah um
3: i need to i can't quite remember the the binomial but they're in the sort of same toad group um so you know they're very similar in, in like you say they've got the big perennial uh, yeah. glands that the toxins come out of at the top back of their heads and stuff so they're very similar they're just smaller and a different species
1: australia gets mentioned on our podcast a lot and you can't mention Australia without mentioning the Cane Toad, the cane toad invasion, yeah. war, yeah. whatever, but occupation. <laughs> and uh, and so, yeah, just when I saw them, it, it sprung to mind. Yeah. But the, the Cane Toad is here, isn't it?
3: Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're part, just about part of its native range. Right. Um, yeah. So, I mean, the thing in Australia is just crazy. I, I was talking to someone who actually works on the project, trying to deal with it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they were saying they've basically given up trying to control them. Yeah. And they're actually now just releasing baby toads in front of the the wave of cane toads so uh, imagine where they originated is like a wave going across australia mm-hmm. they're now releasing baby ones in front of that wave right um so that the predators learn that the baby ones make them sick and then they don't eat the adults which will kill them oh oh wow.
1: my god
3: so but the ones they release are sterilized so they yeah. can't reproduce but yeah
1: that is that's <laughs> That's close to a white flag yeah. from Australia. That it's is a very, very pale grey flag being waved. I mean, Australia lost to the emus. Yeah, they did lose to the emus. Yeah. And it looks like they're they're about to lose. Close to throwing in the towel with the toads as well.
0: Yeah. So, uh, when you're out looking for your herbs, and hopefully we'll get to join you on one of your surveys. Um, but what is it when you're out on a herp survey that you're doing?
3: So, we have to here we have two forms of uh, survey. So we have a transect, which is basically a 2,000-meter-long line through the middle of the rainforest or the jungle. And um, what we do is we walk along that uh, and we're searching the trees, the ground, basically anywhere you can see um, to see if we can find anything. So the best time to go out is sort of after rains because all the stuff comes out because it's nice and wet and cool. Mm. Um, And then we also have the aguada surveys so here in Calakmul we don't have rivers or streams or lakes we have these sort of aguardas and they're basically just ponds um that have a lot of vegetation on the bottom it acts like an insulation layer to stop the water draining away and we just go and walk around those and see what we can see mm. so the aguada survey is very very lot of amphibians lot of frogs yeah. lot of toads and the transex is more where you'll see your lizards and snakes and and that sort of thing
0: I'm always amazed when I've been out with herpers in the past on things like this. Like, you walk through... As a birder, you're very keen into movement. And I know mm-hmm. everyone who looks for animals is very keen into movement. But I'm always amazed when you're walking down a transect and the herpers will be like... They'll point to a tree or a branch and they'll be like, there's a gecko there. And they've not even seen any movement. And it's this incredibly... A, like cryptic beautifully camouflaged gecko and they've just spotted it on the underside of a branch and i'm like how have you trained your brain to be able to like subconsciously pull out these shapes it's amazing
3: <laughs> I'm, I'm not quite that good yeah. but uh i find a lot of people it's it's you have to know where to look mm. um, and once you know where to look you're doing it subconsciously so round here we've got our anole species and they love to sit on the ends of tiny little branches and they're so little lizards, aren't they? They're, they're tiny little yeah. lizards, and they've got this really nice flap that comes out, and it's very colourful on the males, and they use that for sort of sexual displays and that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, and it, when I the first day I c- I came here because I'd never seen owls before, I was like, everyone's pointing, oh, there's one there, <laughs> there's one there, and I'm like, how are you guys seeing these? And now you know, three weeks in, I'm like, oh my god, this, yeah. <laughs> I can see them all. Yeah. But uh, no, as a as a herpetologist, you find a lot of the time with your head torch, you see a leaf, and you're like. Guys, there's a gecko. <laughs> and then everyone comes running and, like, actually, it's a leaf. <laughs> Shit. was <laughs> <Well, laughs> embarrassing.
0: It's funny you say that you're not at that level yet, though, because I spoke to one of the students who came out with you on the first night they got here. I talked to him the second day, uh, and I can't remember what the thing was. It might have been a gecko, it might have been an owl. But he was saying that, you know, you spotted it and he was like I don't know how you saw that <laughs> so you're you you know, to, you're already at that level You know, don't put yourself down Stuart
1: the eye is there yeah. the yeah. eye is there <laughs> now you've said that it, what is it? It, it the worst frog is better than any bat or yeah. a variation thereof every day that you see every day that you see a hurt is a good day it's better than seeing a bat or yeah, something like yeah. that. and Jack has said that if he wasn't doing birds, he would probably do herps. Mm. So if you weren't doing herps, Ooh. what do you think you'd do? Ooh. I'm going to guess not bats anyway. No, <laughs> it's,
3: uh, I have a, a sort of personal vendetta against bats. Oh, um, oh come on. No, <laughs> let's, open my that, questions. So, let's open that box. Yeah, so, put uh, my question straight in the bin. The last, We're going on the the last vendetta. few years I've been working as an ecologist. <laughs> okay. And sitting and doing bat surveys sort of five months of the year, and you're literally sat in a chair in total darkness watching the side of someone's house yeah and then you know until 11 o'clock at night and you see nothing yeah and then you just oh okay well good survey everyone and you just literally it's pitch black you cannot see a thing and, and you know even when I was like oh you know did you see anything I'm like absolutely not <laughs> um, you know we're in the middle of the country in southern England like two in the morning no I didn't see anything
0: it's enough to drive a man to uncontactable jungles in Mexico (laughs) (laughs) that's what it'll do to a person
1: (laughs) and see toast in (laughs) toads but
3: uh, to answer your question um, I think probably entomology Um, I think if I had to choose uh, ants Mm, I just ah. find them so interesting
1: they are, now you're touching a goose nerve, Yeah, which I've never said before. <laughs> <Christ>. <laughs> again, the jungle will do things to a man. Yeah. But yeah, they again have cropped up a couple times in our past episodes as just being the most insane yeah. creatures, you know, like hyper-organized. If If we didn't have ants and they suddenly arrived you just think they were aliens (laughs)
3: they're they're so the other thing that gets me they're so smart yeah Uh. yeah
1: crazy and we we saw an ant I mean you know you're not studying them so I won't ask you to ID it but just (laughs) On the topic of ants are crazy, we saw an ant in Cancun when we arrived here. It was about an inch long and golden. Yeah. What the hell is going on?
0: Every day that we wake up and ants
1: aren't the size of people is
0: a good day. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Let's be honest. Yeah.
1: And if ants do ever, you know, start to become a dominant force, we are not putting the Australians in charge. (laughs) No. No. Because they'll just release baby ants in front of the wave so that we learn not to eat them. (laughs) They've folded twice. (laughs) Thank you very much for joining us. But it's before right. we let you go, we do have one final question. Go on. Which we are asking every staff member we interview. And of particular interest, you are a blacksmith.
3: Yeah. What's the biggest animal you could take in a fight? Oh. See, I'm kind, of, I'm kind of self-confident in that one. Oh, okay. We uh, like it. Here we go. You know, come I, on. Show
0: you're working as well. Yeah.
3: Am I allowed a weapon or just hand-to-hand? I'm going to say Ooh.
1: hand-to-hand, but you're going to get a second follow-up. Which is with the sword you're going to make? Okay. What uh, would you okay. slay? Yeah, so
0: you could forge. You can forge <laughs> you your can own forge, weapon. You
1: can forge. Yeah. So we'll do it, one v one, hand to hand, to set the bar with everyone else, and then we'll bring you a forge.
3: <laughs> I think I think hand to hand probably give a good go with like, well, I mean like pretty pretty sizeable gator. Okay. As long as oh. I was was. In the water, not as long as I could stand up. I think uh, give it a good go. Yeah, because you can
0: you can play with the terrain if you want. Yeah. So you're saying you're deep, like knee
3: deep water. Yeah. Nothing, nothing higher than my chest, and that's probably because once you get the mouth closed, yeah. You no, know, you can you can manipulate them, and but uh, if no,
0: I... sorry, I just want to say because the amazing thing with crocodiles and alligators, which I don't think we've mentioned on the podcast before, is they have extraordinary bite force when the jaw is coming down, down. together. Yeah.
1: But to open their jaw, it's really weak, isn't Really, it? really
3: weak. Yeah, you can just, like, hold it closed. Um,
1: but, yeah, how, I mean... How, but just before we move on, how sizable is pretty sizable?
3: I mean, like, none of these giant ones. But, you know, six, seven feet long, I reckon I could take a... <laughs> seven foot, seven, seven you reckon foot you could take like a
1: seven-foot alligator <laughs> yeah. in the water? No, not sizable, but not just seven
3: No, you're not long. like the 15-footers. It's oh, not Oh, no, God, no. That'd no. be madness. Um, that'd
1: be total hubris. But, but with a
3: sword, <laughs> okay. I reckon, like, a jaguar I could oh, take. Oh, my uh, Come Come on, no. <laughs>
1: okay. How many swords have you forged to date?
3: I haven't forged one yet. So your first sword, yeah. you're going to take on a jaguar. The but I mean, my knife, my knife's pretty good. It's pretty, it's, it's pretty, pretty, pretty strong. So I tested it on a bit of antler, and it didn't break. So this is an animal that quite literally
0: eats <laughs> crocodiles for breakfast. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. I'm, I'm, li- I'm not saying an adult, you know, fear, but maybe like one a of cub. the smaller ones. Yeah, <laughs>
1: a newly born jaguar. So, so, no weapon. Seven foot alligator with a sword, big kitten. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you very much. Thank you guys. That's been a lot of fun. Cheers. Okay. Jack Bathams. Roddy Sure. We have a question here from Emily underscore underscore moon. Mm-hmm. and i'm choosing this question because there are some long evenings when you're on a research expedition like this there are and you get through you know your usual conversation topics what's your favorite color how many toes have you got what's your auntie do for a job <laughs> you're through that in the first 3 days yeah yeah and then you go on to things like shall we have a fashion show shall we do karaoke etc yeah. etc cetera, et cetera. So Jack Badams, mm. you're called up to the mic. Emily asks, "Best animal partner for karaoke?" Oh,
0: best animal partner for karaoke. Okay, what am I doing? Okay, right. Instantly, two thoughts coming into my head. Yeah. Of course, they're both avian. One is to go with the great singers. Okay, because mm. I can't sing. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to. I want to be carried by my partner. Yeah. Okay. So I'm thinking. Beautiful singing bird. I'm thinking uh, your classics, your nightingales, mm-hmm. your song thrushes, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Then I thought, well, if it's karaoke in the purely human sense, um, where can you just explain
1: what karaoke in the pure what? <laughs> as in, we have to sing words to a song. I I would I would heavily think it's karaoke in that sense. <laughs> then
0: we only have birds to choose from.
1: Oh, well, actually, yeah, maybe. And it's
0: birds that mimic. It's parrots. It's potentially the lyrebird, although I don't know how good the lyrebird actually is with human speech, but it can mimic a lot of sounds. The lyrebird can actually do the backing track for me to sing over. So maybe I'm going to do that. Maybe I'm going to do the lyrebird. I'm going to teach the lyrebird, I don't know, freebird, like the instrumental version of freebird, and then I am going to sing the sounds over that. The, the words over that
1: the sounds <laughs> so detached from humanity is Jack Baddams
0: <laughs> yeah I'm going to sing the words to Freebird as a liar bird does the guitar solo the seven minute guitar solo out of its own mouth
1: <laughs> it definitely um, yeah probably like win the crowd yeah. get a lot of attention yeah yeah so
0: what are you thinking
1: I'm thinking here's where my brain went, went with this mm. while you were doing that even in the five seconds at the start before you said things like do they need to sing words which I think is definitely a worthwhile point yeah I went karaoke I went the greatest karaoke song mm-hmm. Angels by Robbie Williams
0: <laughs> oh it is a good one
1: and then I went Angelfish <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah now I'm not saying there's no problems no that we're gonna have i don't think you could say that as a as a duet
0: but i mean fish do do that when they're opening their mouths you could very much like dub you can make it look like they were singing
1: yeah yeah but <laughs> it would be flopping around on stage as well <laughs>
0: you'd have to have it in a little bowl on a stool yeah like dramatically lit from above
1: okay yeah if i could get a single spotlight yeah coming down on the bowl yeah with a little mic in front of it yes yeah yeah i'm going angelfish angels by robbie williams and the stage lighting is going to carry it <laughs> <laughs> it's going to need to
0: 24 hours have passed listener since we sat here And heard of a peace treaty.
1: An uneasy peace treaty.
0: (laughs) And then... Now, Roddy, you're you're not aware, really, of fully what happened last night, are you?
1: I have no idea what went down. I was out batting... um, During the long night. During the long night. (laughs) The night of a million (laughs) ants. And returned to scenes, horrific scenes, It was
0: quite extraordinary. And once again, we're joined by our man on the front lines, Private Jamie Hartup.
5: Hello. Can you run us through what happened last night? I can't really remember where it started, but I do (laughs) remember. I I I remember someone going, "Oh my god, there's ants in the toilet." (laughs) Um, Yeah. And for context, I think we had two nights of rain, Mm -hmm. which was the uneasy truce. (laughs) And it turns out that the ants must have been strengthening their numbers (laughs) (laughs) because, yeah, they were everywhere.
0: I've never seen anything like it. No? Like so for context the toilets they're up some stairs. You have to climb some stairs and they were all over the handrail because yep. you went in there, didn't you?
5: Yeah, so me and me and Holly went and uh scrubbed down the stairs with you... bleach and bleached the toilets <laughs> and then put like a defensive line along the top of the concrete <laughs> and like brushed the stairs desperately i've also put some hand sanitizer on the railing i felt putting bleach on the railing was a bad idea
0: but honestly the bit in front of the toilets it was swarming was just i don't know how many there would have been tens of thousands of them they were just everywhere and so much so that they were all across the road and the staff were like lined up with their backs against the science room just like they were just everywhere blood was shed jesus I, they got me the big mm. ones got my got my toe there really were fewer yeah. big
5: ones that time it was more just the little ones i, I think the big i pulled the the big off,
0: ones out of your sock
5: that is true actually no they did get all over <laughs> my socks <laughs> they, were, in they were still in my boots this morning actually really so this is the day after yeah uh antpocalypse <laughs> <laughs> um and there was one still like in my boot There were two bitten onto a lace which was like they'd obviously just locked on they were never gonna let go yeah. and they were like one of them was dead one of them was like dying yeah no it, they're yeah. everywhere I
0: went out there to assess the situation in sandals immediately regretted it that was and a, yeah one a of the mistake. big big warrior ones just the generals the, yeah got down
5: on my foot and then yeah blood was shed
1: mm. oh my god and how many do you think we claimed in the
5: fight <laughs> oh. We we also put stuff down. And they ran away. So we've yeah. been we've we've been the peaceful ones in this. Yeah. Yeah. Other than maybe my provocative destroying of an ant road in daytime, which might have. <laughs> hmm. maybe, think, maybe they're retaliating. Maybe that's what this is. But um, do you think that made that news of that made its way back to HQ? I don't know. They've left my porch alone. They just go past my tent and then past past one of your tents. Yeah. Now. They
0: are they are marching ever more into the camp. Yeah. Into amongst the tents.
5: But, Christ. you know, it's, it's no longer in my in my front, front garden. There was also, I think we should say,
0: because I don't think we covered it yesterday, a bridge put down. Um, Some might say a bridge too far. <laughs> <laughs> a bridge over the river. Why did we bother? Um, it was in front of where you turn your shower, uh, where you fill your bucket up mm. um, so that you could stand on the little, I mean, when we say bridge, it was a two by four, so that you could stand over the yep. river and ants. The ants then claimed the bridge. They've taken the bridge. They claimed themselves. the
5: bridge in like under five minutes yeah. as well. It's like, because there used to be an ant highway there. They moved and then it moved back. And literally the bridge was just, they just went all over the bridge. Some people were like, why have you given the ants a two by four? <laughs> yeah. um, start arming them. Yeah. And so we ble- we also bleached the bridge. But then they came-, they came along the edge of the two by four. So the, the, the two of the two by four. <laughs> Um, which we hadn't scrubbed with anything they didn't like. So they were just kind of still walking along
1: it. Do you think in any way you've uh, like begrudgingly earned a bit of their respect? I mean, you mentioned that they've avoided your tent now. I don't think I've earned their respect. I think I've yeah. just learned to live with what I can't control. And I, I can't. <laughs> I think the ants probably just see
0: us as an annoyance. Yeah. Mm. Like, you know, like humans might try and swat a fly. That's how the ants view the campmates here yeah. at here at old
1: yeah Mm. so the peace treaty is in tatters yeah where does that leave us now
0: i mean i should say we are awaiting like it's now the middle of the day it's nice and sunny the ants have they're always there but they are less so they retreat from the sun
5: we all are terrifyingly awaiting the night yeah Yeah. there's definitely more of them in the day today though yeah there's more of them around i don't know what's going on but when night falls yeah i think everyone's just starting to shower earlier yeah. yeah. I think at night the road is ant. So, uh, do we have any more plans of attack or.? I don't know. I've, I think fire's been suggested. Yeah, yeah. But fire has been used before, I right? I think fire has been used before, before I got here. But apparently they just piled up their dead and came back. <laughs> so, I don't <laughs> know if they left the dead out. They left it by the water tap, like, as a warning. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't really know, to be completely honest. I think. Uh, Don Victor and Kathy may have some plans but if
0: this is the last will and testament of Private uh, Jamie of Private Jamie
5: oh whatever they say in Lord of the Rings in the tomb like it's they're coming they're coming (laughs) drums Drums in the the deep deep. (laughs) yeah it's it's not looking good
1: Opwell dug too deep (laughs) and awoke something in the forest yeah all right well godspeed Private Jamie thank you very much godspeed (laughs)
0: Shall we start fred hello hi welcome to the podcast
2: <laughs> thank you thank you for having me here
0: no worries thank you for having us here <laughs> as well um, now could you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do here
2: right so uh, basically right now i'm a phd student here with opel uh, c- collecting data for my for my thesis on thermal physiology in, in reptiles, specifically crocs but how i ended up here uh, go, dates back to when i was a little kid so basically i mean i think we've all gone through the the dinosaur phase and we've all said oh uh, i want to work with dinosaurs well for me i did not go through that phase i went straight to crocs uh, <laughs> i mean so. it,
0: it, is, it, is it it's the same thing isn't it like they're just
2: i guess i mean it's the living crocs yeah the living dinosaurs but um I, since i was a little kid my dream was really to work with crocodiles in the amazon mm. so like, so we're in mexico <laughs> yeah, we are. I'll get there. <laughs> uh, and I don't regret it. So, I started out with Opel as a research assistant, so as a volunteer. I loved it. This is also where I found a newfound love for birds. First time I ringed Very the bird. Good. Excellent. Um, and so, I, I went as a research assistant. I came back as a research assistant. Then, I came back again as a <laughs> dissertation student. And then, eventually, I graduated and I've been working as a herpetologist for Opel ever since, and I've done multiple other expeditions uh, in Croatia, um, Honduras. And then I s- decided to start my PhD and go back to my roots in Mec- in Mexico, in Peru uh, to work on my Crocs. And unfortunately, COVID hit mm-hmm. and uh, the Peru project was uh, put on standby for a bit. Uh, but then the, the opportunity came to join uh, the team here in uh, Opal, Mexico, where there was another uh herpetologist who had just finished his PhD studying the the crocs here, the Moralette's crocs here in Mexico. And I thought, great, that's a a great opportunity. And this is now my third season here uh, working on the crocs here and collecting data for my own thesis. So that's how I ended up here in Mexico, basically.
0: Fantastic. Now, before we get on to the crocs more specifically, you said that you work as a herpetologist for Opal. Now, I certainly know when I heard that word and heard people being referred to as herpers yeah and a lot of our listeners are going to be thinking what on earth is that because it's not a, it's not a phrase that's commonly used outside of our field so can you explain what exactly as a herpetologist you're looking at
2: absolutely so a herpetologist is uh, someone that studies uh, reptiles and amphibians then within that you can specialize in a group but in general and what we do here is that we do generalistic service so i'm not even though i'm a croc guy i'm not just looking for crocs uh, the transics that we do here is to uh, try to monitor uh, all the herpetofauna and the herpetofauna are precisely that, the reptiles and the amphibians. So we do tracks through the forest, like two kilometers, and where we're like thoroughly searching the trees, the bushes, the leaf litter, trying to find all the snakes, all the frogs, all the lizards, the turtles, if we have an, uh, uh, some sort of pond or an aguadas as, as it's called here, uh, and try to monitor their population through time.
1: Yeah, I think it's one of the more unfortunately named groups. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think, yeah, when you're a herper, people, you know, yeah. think they need to stay clear. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you collect what? <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we usually have to specify. <laughs> <laughs> exactly what it is. Yeah.
0: Um, so in terms of, can you give us just a, a, an idea of what's living here in Calakmul, and when we're talking about uh, reptiles and amphibians, what sort of groups of them are, are found in the forest?
2: So there's a huge diversity uh, here uh, in in Calakmul, but also in the Yucatan Peninsula where where we're at. Uh, especially, for instance, for snakes, snakes are highly diverse in in, in this area. Many species to study. Um, and here, uh, specifically, in our in our campsite or in our survey site, uh, it depends a lot on the type of forest that we go and how close we are. Uh, to the water bodies that exist here. So there's no, in this part of the jungle, there's no actual uh, streams or uh, proper lakes or anything like that because it's karst limestone, so everything infiltrates. So all the fauna here rely a lot on these ponds, which here are called aguadas. And so if you go closer to the aguada, then you can expect a higher diversity and abundance of uh, some of your amphibians or some of your frogs while, and and for instance, some of the reptiles as well, like like turtles, for instance, that depend more uh, on on water. And then if you're in more drier uh, environments, that's where you start getting some of your snakes and some of your lizards. Again, depends on species, it's a very gen- big generalization. Some lizards also like to mm-hmm. be close to water. Yeah. yeah, but the fact that we have this great diversity of, of habitats here makes it so that different transects will show you different parts uh, of the herpetofauna, which in itself will respond differently to the to the different impacts that uh, they suffer throughout time which is precisely why we're here to monitor uh, those changes so i don't know if this is spoiling the surprise or anything but why what has been happening what is the monitoring showing okay so uh unfortunately what's been going on is that this uh, habitat relies on on cycles of drought and uh, and storm and usually you have like a few dry years and then uh, one year where you have some sort of hurricane uh, and that kind of refills all these aguadas and all these water bodies and that makes them last through the next dry spell, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, But in the last few years, actually not so much last uh, for uh, some time now, uh, what's been happening is that these storms are either not coming or they're not bringing enough water. Uh, So what we're seeing is that many of these aguadas are drying out completely. And when they dry out, they lose function. So they, they even if it rains after that, in the meantime vegetation has grown, and now they no longer can retain the water. And what that results in is in a loss of habitat, especially for these more water-dependent species. Uh, and that's what what we see. We see uh, some species of, for instance, frogs. Even comparing just this year with last year, there's one species of frog that is very abundant when we when we are doing our monitorings around the waters, which is called the Sabino frog we usually have to tally them because there's so many we don't like put individually in our data sheets and this year i've done a few surveys where i found four five uh, uh mm. instead of in the tens um, mm-hmm. so it's, it's actually quite critical and it's sad very sad to see that aguadas that even last year uh i was waist deep in that aguada looking for the crocs and this year i was m- in the middle of the aguada with water below my knee and that's the ones that have water yeah
1: yeah you just said the words waist deep in the water looking for the crocs. <laughs> ah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Are you a wise man? <laughs> Depends on who you ask. <laughs> um, so,
2: yes. Yeah, so, in the case here of the Marlettes croc, uh, especially in this area here, first of all, we don't have such huge individuals. Okay. Um, and, again, this is something that with experience and we are a team, it's not just me. So, I'm not by myself waist deep <laughs> in, in croc water. Uh, what we do is that we have to because we're in the middle of the jungle here so uh, and these aguadas are far into the a lot of them are far into the the jungle itself uh, so we have to get our trail through through the forest it's not like we can really carry any boat or canoe or anything Mm -hmm. so it and these aguadas usually are relatively not that deep i mean some are quite deep but we don't get (laughs) <laughs> we don't necessarily get into that yeah. ones yeah I was, <laughs> I, I was gonna say how big are all these iguanas? it it really really depends you can have really large iguadas, Um but some of them like uh, well the ones you will see here are around camp i would estimate that probably at at most in the, the middle of it you would have maybe like two meters of water but this is again like an estimation from the top of my head mm. uh, and based on seeing them dry now unfortunately
1: and you mentioned how deep they are but in terms of like so, uh, like tennis court size, sort of surface area. I, I imagine it varies a lot, but
2: I I would say probably like tennis court yeah. sized, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit bigger. Some of them.
1: And one of the things you mentioned is that with the water drying up, the um, water loving species like the frog are uh, going down. But are you seeing any increases in like the drier loving species? Um, uh,
2: I'm so far i'm not entirely sure like mm-hmm. just from observation this year that's been drier than my two last years mm-hmm. so just based on the surveys we've done so far and again i've not actually looked at the data itself mm-hmm. but uh, i seem to be finding more snakes mm-hmm. this year as to why we're finding more snakes i'm not sure yeah uh, maybe they're just being more having to be more active foragers because there's less frogs to eat i don't know uh, uh, yeah. uh but yeah Generally, and I'm certainly seeing a lot less crocodiles. I've yeah. seen one crocodile <laughs> so far in uh, four weeks, almost. So, uh,
1: what would you have seen last year or all the years before? Uh,
2: so, for instance, the the aguada here, just seven kilometers up the road, which is aptly named Croc Aguada, uh, it's about the size of a tennis court, uh, maybe two. And last year had four crocs in it, small crocs, yeah, but f- but four. And in the past, in the days when Jotó, uh, the other guy who did his PhD here and, and who's, who manages, uh, herpetology in this project uh, he told me that there were years where he had 20 crocs in darguada wow a lot of them Whoa. small yeah most of them small but you would have at least one or two medium to big sized ones and this so this is the more or less crocodile yes. so so
0: what when you we're talking big size how big are we talking uh,
2: the ones you see here they will rarely exceed like the three meter marks i mean that's still quite big (laughs) yeah but uh compared to the other croc that you would have in the vicinity which is the american croc which can grow bigger than that yeah also in general they tend to be a little bit less aggressive so
0: Mm. um, so you can get waist
2: deep in the water looking for them (laughs) with care and depending on the croc and so please do not try this at home
1: And you mentioned the snakes, seeing more snakes this year, and earlier you said that there's quite a high diversity of snakes in the Yucatan. Yeah. Just wondering, is there any particular reason as to why there's such a high diversity of snakes in this region? or? Uh,
2: to be honest, I'm not entirely sure. This is not yeah. my particular area yeah. of, of study. Uh, if I were to guess, it's because also the habitat is quite diverse. Uh, even between the camps that we study here, uh, you can really see a change in the type of forest, uh, even if you compare our campsite here in kilometer 20 with our transit in kilometer 40. Uh, and if you go further away to our satellite camp in Dos Naciones, uh, you will see a completely different forest, must, much closer to a evergreen tropical forest uh, than to what you have here, which is a much drier, mm. uh, semi-deciduous uh, and shorter for- forest. Yeah,
1: because mm. that's one of the things that I've really been not taken aback by but it is quite a short forest here like yeah, for, the canopy's not yeah. not that high yeah is for, it? for people listening in the uk which is where most uh, of you are but also kind of europe in general it's yeah sort of like uk forest height <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah there's no
2: like towering 50 meter skyscraper, trees skyscraper like yeah you say. no and i guess because also if you were to go the other way and dig into the soil yeah uh, you would see that there's actually not a lot of soil mm-hmm. uh it, it's you very quickly go down to the karst limestone. Yeah, Um, and that's what's draining all that water. And that's exactly what's draining all that water.
0: And on that note, when the crocodiles
2: run out of water, where do they go? Will will the the crocodiles just walk through the forest? They do. Like They can walk through the forest. uh, But uh, that's for uh, Giotto, uh, my colleague, (laughs) to to reveal because he has his crazy theories. And I look forward to uh, help him test them out with uh, the equipment that I'm trying to develop as well. Uh, in the future because again in reality we don't really know for sure they can burrow and go into some sort of estivation if needed um, which is like a hibernation during the warmer time of the year Um, and yeah and they can walk uh, in the forest until they find the next aguada but who knows there might be other options that would be an astonishing thing to see
1: yeah just
2: walking down the (laughs) (laughs)
0: transect and finding a three meter (laughs) crocodile (laughs) just coming the other way who knows yeah i've been hoping for that <laughs> yeah that'd no, make your day i'm sure
4: yeah
0: <laughs> what are the most dangerous animals here yeah. what are the most dangerous reptiles what are the most dangerous frogs because you know everyone likes venom and everyone um, likes poison and everyone yeah. likes. so you know i feel like i'm going a bit i feel like i'm taking a cheap road answering this question but uh but yeah, what 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 are the ones that you really don't want to cross?
2: To be honest, I'm <laughs> not a big fan of putting like danger, danger. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because I think uh, every animal has its niche and its function. But in terms of the ones that could give you the worst bite, and that's not saying that they would, you have here the fiddle lance, uh, which is a, a, a snake species that uh, with some powerful cytotoxic mm-hmm. venom, so it destroys tissues. Again, it's you have to be very very lucky to to see one unfortunately this year for my for the first time i, I got to see my first further lance cool. and that was an exciting night was that near here <laughs> yes <laughs> it was in transect one okay. uh, Good. near the aguada oh uh, yeah where all the frogs are oh yeah ah, okay I see. yeah we also have a few coral snakes around but again they yeah. don't pose much threat it's, they're not aggressive you really have to be picking them up which is something we don't want people to be doing anyway.
0: I once heard a phrase about coral snakes, because am I right in thinking they're rear fang-venomed? So... No. Oh. No, okay. so
2: coral snakes uh, are, um, they have the fangs in the front. Uh-huh. They're just not solenoglyphous, like the vipers, which have those movable fangs. It's just, it's a smaller fang, and yeah. I see, still... because
0: somebody once told me that a, a coral snake really has to chew on you. To No. To... Oh, you this. <laughs> those are the
2: rear <laughs> fanged ones, and those we have plenty as ah, well.
0: Because somebody said to me, the only people that, get killed by coral snakes are stupid people and herpetologists because (laughs) because they're the only people picking them up yeah Uh, but that
2: is actually accurate because they they tend to have like again generalization here doesn't apply always but they tend to have small uh, heads and they're not very big snakes anyway mm. and that means that they really need to find a place that they can grab to be able to to bite you and you really need to upset them and they're the
0: really beautiful you know Black and red and yellow. Yeah, there's snakes many, like yeah. but they're they really striking. They make it obvious that you don't yeah. need to touch them.
2: Yeah, but there's the interesting thing is that first of all we have one species here which is called literally the variable coral snake because the pattern is very variable. How uh, convenient for yes. all of us. Yes. <laughs> uh, are, yeah. they all, are, are they all
0: are they all striking colours or does it, do they sometimes just come in
2: brown? No, they will have a combination of. Blacks, reds, yellows, oranges, some of the above or all of the above. But
0: they're still always advertising that they are venomous. Yes. Right, got you. Uh,
2: But then what you have is a bunch of mimics. Um. So you have a bunch of other snake species which are non-venomous or mildly venomous, like the the rear fanged ones, the colubrids. Even the mildly venomous, and there's a temptation, like people say, oh, it's like a bee sting. It can be like a bee sting it can be a bit more than a bee sting. And also even bee stings, depending on the person and how the person reacts, um, can get serious.
1: Yeah, and talking about bee stings, I mean, I've just seen a bee bigger than my (laughs) hand, practically, (laughs) (laughs) so. Yeah, the bees here are built different. Yeah, Yeah. exactly.
0: They said it was a carpenter bee, and I was like, was it it making tables? (laughs) Like, it was
1: huge. And so the final question, is what do you think the biggest animal you could take in a fight is? <laughs> wow, you can think about it. You know, put some thought into it. Come on, <laughs> let's
2: let's show you're working. Well, uh, I don't know. Have you ever had to wrestle a crocodile in your work? Again, that's never a one-person uh, job. Yeah, <laughs> but yes, I've had, I for my work I have to catch the crocs because I'm I'm putting like sensors on them. Yep, um, and that implies catching. Yeah, croc yeah uh, so so what sort of size yeah <laughs> i think the biggest one we caught last year was touching on three meters okay but again like but that was with help that was with help i <laughs> one person nooses it and i, I noosed it and then i was pulling it out of the water and then giotto comes to help and then alberto which is another herpetologist here came to help restrain, and then we had some students uh, filming all this <laughs> uh, and when the cro- croc was secure they got to learn how to handle the croc as well a bit and take some measurements and so uh, if you
1: didn't have backup and a team of people with you how big of a croc do you
2: reckon you could take Oof, that's a difficult question yeah <laughs> uh, the
1: croc's in a good mood yeah because it's, it's an amenable croc
2: yeah <laughs> it's a difficult question because uh you have to be pulling from one end so you can jump on the croc ah. and so yeah so you have like the noose like a leash on the croc mm-hmm. and one person is pulling so that the other can just go from the back and jump on the croc and then tape its mouth mm-hmm. so it'd have to be a croc that's small enough that i could just grab by the neck and and just then secure it in my so not a very big croc 1.5 meters maybe Okay. A
0: 1.5 meter more or less croc. Yeah. It's on the board. It's on the board.
2: (laughs) I will not give it a go unless it's strictly necessary because safety first for the croc and for my own. All right. Thank you very much, Fred. It's been my pleasure. (laughs) Thank you very much. Thank you.
1: So before we finish up, we head back out in the field with Stuart to meet one of the weirdest amphibians we've ever seen.
3: I've done this transect 10 times now Mm -hmm. and every time I do it it changes every time there's a big storm or something something's fallen on the transect yeah the Uh. the
0: trees here seem to fall over quite a lot I've noticed in my time
3: well I mean you think how many trees we've got here and there's no council coming down coming down (laughs) (laughs) to random spot in the jungle number one and, you know, trimming off all the dead branches. So as we're walking you'll probably notice quite a lot of uh, deadfall trees. God,
1: doesn't matter where you go, it's always the council.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I mean in Australia they call deadfall trees widow makers.
0: So what's a a deadfall tree? So
3: a deadfall tree is basically a tree that has partially fallen and got stopped by something. So it might be a load of vines, it it might be another tree. Yeah. Huh? Snake? Very nice snail. Oh, snail. Oh. Oh, this is a really cool species.
1: Oh, oh, yes, please. Come on.
3: Do you guys know what this is? I think that
1: is a Mexican burrowing frog or toad.
3: Well, uh, it's, it's uh, a burrowing toad, but it's not actually a toad. It is a frog. Um, don't ask I don't me. know if I was right or not. You are right. You are exactly right.
0: I'll give you that. Whoa! I mean, he is ridiculous. Right.
3: Such a weird face. Is it? Is its mouth?
1: Is its mouth the little? I don't know how to describe this other than sucky hole. Or has it got a jaw hidden under there?
3: No, it is the little sucky hole.
1: Right. That's even weirder.
3: They are so strange It's Ever
1: since you picked it up I've been working out How to describe it And I've not got any closer Imagine a plum That sort of Crossed with a clanger And gained sentience
3: (laughs) (laughs) That is a Near perfect description
1: But tiny Yeah
0: Like Can sit very comfortably In the palm of your hand And it's feet are Sort of Quite horizontally Out to the side Yeah And
3: also you can see He's got the The sort of almost claws for digging. Yeah. So these guys actually dig backwards.
0: So this guy is burying himself in the...
3: The soil, yeah. So you can see he's covered in dirt. Yeah. So normally what they do is they have a little burrow somewhere and then they come out when it's wet, um, eat, you know, make babies and then go back to their little burrows.
0: I like his orange go faster stripe down the back.
3: Yeah. Oh yeah, that's just that's just an aesthetic choice he's made. <laughs> yeah. If they go backwards, why
5: is the nose like that shape?
3: They don't always go backwards. They they obviously walk mm. forwards, but normally when you pick them up, they always try and wriggle away backwards. Ah. Um, i dig backwards. Or? I think they. I'm I'm not entirely sure, but mm. I'm pretty sure they use their back feet to sort of dig and then they push mm. it out the hole and then and then go go forwards into the tunnel.
0: And it's got two really
1: beady little. Pink prick black eyes. They are the beadiest eyes I've ever seen. It's
5: like a mole. It's like a mole frog.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's got very. It's got big mole energy. Yeah. BME. We love to see it. <laughs> <laughs> Do
3: you
2: need this?
3: Yes. Yeah, yeah. Fortunately, these guys sit really still. It doesn't look real. The more I look at it, the more
0: it looks like one of those things that they brought back from the other side of the world in the Victorian age. Yeah. And everyone thought they just made it up.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with, uh, hang on, 37. 37.
3: That's my guess. Oh, you're not far off. Come on. I would say 39.
0: Ten past eight. Ten
3: past eight. Sure, looks like It looks like a really shitty plasticine model done by a child. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just a lump of plasticine <laughs> yeah. With, yeah. Plastic with some legs.
5: Just like trying to make a frog, but not, not doing it too great. <laughs>
0: What's its name then? What are we going for? His name?
3: <laughs> uh, just borrowing frogs, fine.
0: Borrowing frog.
3: Um
0: Yeah, I didn't expect you to know it on first name terms. Yeah. <laughs> this <There's> is <laughs> it,
3: it, Oh, it's Tony. <laughs> um, no, these these guys are really cool as well, and uh, they're also super easy to measure because they just sit dead still yeah, in your hand.
0: Yeah, I mean, we should just say you had it just out in the palm of your hand, and it did not move at all. No.
1: Stuart, I don't want to suggest that you came here before us and put a little model frog on the path. <laughs> it is shown absolutely no signs of life.
0: <laughs> Ten minus
1: five. Minus four. four. Oh, Six four, pounds. Sorry. Six Big maths on the hook. Adult. <laughs> Do we know if
0: it's a male or female? I know uh, we don't, no, we don't know. Yeah.
1: Okay. Cool. Boring frog.
3: That's a really cool. I really like seeing that. I really. I've only seen that. two since I've been here, so and that's yeah. the second one. Oh. So I've only seen one other one. And you've been here for... Um, I've been here since the 5th of June and it's currently the 7th of July. So you've been here a month. month. Just over a month. And uh, this is the second one I've seen. Unfortunately, the first one I saw was squished in a row on the road. Oh, so this is a happy... Yeah, this is a happy experience for me. I have a strange affinity for toads. I don't know why. (laughs) Every time I see one, I'm just like, oh, you so cute. (laughs) Whereas, you know, some, some uh, big, like, you can get some really hu- ugly frogs. Yeah. Because I think all toads sort of have a little cuteness about them. Even the cane toads? Oh, cane toads are just big. Yeah. You know, they're basically just toad on steroids. Toad plus. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I desperately want one as a pet, you know, a big toad. But yeah. my mum is not too keen. She's not having it. I've already got a python and a gecko and a dog. <laughs>
0: So it's the toad she draws the line.
3: Yeah, I think I think the wet slapping noises are probably what's putting her off most. And what about and the that toad? That's before the toad. Hey! <laughs> That's why we do the podcast. <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> Got him.
1: Oh. I think we know what segment's making the cut. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the slippery, scaly, spectacular the world of reptiles and amphibians of Calakmul. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening, and thank you to Stuart for taking us out. Thank you to Fred for sitting down with us, Jamie in his endless war against the ants, and everyone else who helped us on our time in Mexico. If you haven't already, head over to our Instagram page and give it a like at How Many Geese. You can see the photos of our expedition there. And if you want to support the podcast, you can head to Buy Me a Coffee at How Many Geese and leave us a tip. Every little bit helps out with the show, but if you can't do that, don't worry. Um, just head over to wherever you're listening to us and leave us a review, especially if you're listening on iTunes. A written review helps so much with the charts. We'll be back next week, and we're nearing the end of our stay in Mexico, but until then, have a great time. Like the Instagram page, follow whatever, leave a review, find us somewhere, and we'll be back. I not I haven't
3: told my mom I'm in a podcast yet that i won't i won't have to, <laughs> she's going to be so proud of she is she's pretty she's proud of everything I, she does hi mum <laughs> what's
1: mama stewart's name uh nikki hi nikki shout out to nikki <laughs> I thought it was Fiona. no Ooh, controversy yeah, I wrong.
3: Sorry, sorry. it's always been nikki as far as i know Um, But she's she's just mum to me.
4: (laughs) (laughs) As is convention.